Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pena, and I'm bringing you today's word for July 9th, 2021. I'm teaching a series entitled Leveling Up with the Word. Why are we dealing with leveling up? Why have we been dealing with this concept of leveling up all year? Why? Because I believe that this is a year of new levels for us. Where God has declared new levels, heaven has announced it. And so when heaven announces something or God declares something, that means that the grace of God is made available for it. But God is looking for faith in the earth. And so our faith taps into God's grace and we lay hold of what God has already provided. And since God has said new levels for 2021, we are laying hold of those new levels by faith. I wrote a book entitled Level Up Your Life. Uh, and uh, my first book that I released, if you haven't read the book, go get it, go check it out, is on Amazon. I believe it's going to be a blessing to you. But listen, we want to level up in every area, every facet, every aspect of our lives. How are we going to level up? We're going to level up with the word because faith comes in by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so we're living by every word that God speaks to us. We are going to level up and how are we going to do it? With the word. <music> Here we go. Uh, I'm excited about this message and I hope that you are as well. We've been going into the parable of the sower and we've been studying this parable for months. I want us to go back to this parable again this morning with a message entitled, Your Life is All About God. I've told you many times that your life is not about you. It's all about him. The late great uh, Bishop Nate Holcomb used to say, it's all about him. And I know a lot of people that watch this know who I'm talking about. And so, yes, we, we are lifting up God. I, it is in him that I live and I move and I have my being. Yes, I'm a blessed man, but I am not a self-made man. I'm not a motivational speaker, by the way. Let's be clear about that. I'm a, I'm a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. A motivational speaker is going to tell you to tap into the power of you. And they have these I cantations and incantations and say me and I can do it and all this. Listen, no, let's be clear about something. I can do nothing. Without God, I am nothing. I can do nothing. It's all about him. It's not about me. It's all about him. I, I'm merely a vehicle, a, a channel, a conduit of all of this. Whatever I am, whatever I'm not, is all about him. I am who I am by the grace of God. I'm lifting up God, not lifting up self. Say amen to that. All right. So uh, your life is all about God. Let's get into it from the parable of the sower. Mark chapter 4. Beginning at verse 13, Jesus said, the farmer is like someone who takes seed. The seed is the word of God. The farmer is God. And he sows it down the side of people. The soil, that's us. Sometimes the seed falls along the side of the road. Those are like the people that receive the word of God, but they don't understand it. And because their understanding is unfruitful, Satan comes immediately and snatches away the word that was sown in their heart. Other people are like seed that's planted on rocky ground. These are the people that hear the word of God and they quickly and gladly accept it. They say, amen, pastor. They high five their neighbor. They get super excited. But they do not allow the word of God to go deep into their lives. As a result, as soon as trouble comes or persecution comes because of the word that they receive, they're quick to give up. Other people are like the seed that's planted on thorny ground. These are the people that hear the word of God. Yes, but they have allowed their lives to become full of other things. Jesus gave us three categories of other things. The cares of this world or the worries of this life. The love of money. And everything else they want or selfish desires. They have a lust for other things. And so these other things grow up like weeds and the weeds choke out the word and the word doesn't work. Other people are like good ground. Say good ground. 
Yeah, yeah. Other people are like good ground. These are the people that hear the word of God. They allow the word of God to do what it does. And then it produces. It produces sometimes 30 times more, sometimes 60 times more, sometimes 100 times more. And you and I, we're after 100. Say amen to that. All right. So I've covered all of this. I'm really dealing with the good ground now. And there's levels to this. And we've dealt with the 30 times, 30 fold, 60 fold, 100 fold, and all of that. So what does this mean for you today, though, about lifting up God and how it's all about him? And I'm going to tie all of that to this parable. I have three things to share with you on this Friday morning. As I get into these three things, I want you to rid your heart and your mind of all distractions, right? I don't want you to be like the rocky ground. I don't want you to be like the thorny ground, right? I want you to be good ground. All right. So rid your heart and mind of all distractions. I'm going to break it down so you can understand it. I don't want you to be like the wayside soul that didn't understand it. No, I'm, I'm going to break it down. like My cousin says I break it down Barney style. Anybody can understand it. So I'm going to break it down for you but I need you to give your heart and your mind to it. You ready? Three things. Number one, here we go. Number one, living as good ground or as the good ground that Jesus described comes down to a matter of faith in God. In Mark 11 and 22, Jesus said, have faith in God. So let's talk about it. So the first three types of soil, the wayside soil, the rocky soil, the thorny soil, they didn't allow the word of God to produce. They did not allow the word of God to produce a harvest in their lives. To be clear, there's nothing wrong with the word. There can't be anything wrong with the word. It's God's word, right? God's word is quick and powerful. It's alive. It's, it's, it's spirit and life. So there's nothing wrong with the word of God. If there's something wrong, there's something wrong with the soil. So there was nothing wrong with the word, but in three out of the four types of soil, there was no harvest. And the, the, the harvest, the fact that there was no harvest had nothing to do with the seed, had everything to, to do with the soil. So the last type of soil, the good ground that Jesus described, even then there was three levels of harvest. So now there is harvest, but there's three levels of harvest. First, there was three types of soil, zero harvest. Now in the type of soil that's good ground with harvest, there's three levels of harvest. And I told you that the varying results really has to do with your faith. Some people receive you know, the word of God in faith, but then they don't maintain their faith long enough to see everything that God said. And so I told you that, you know, sometimes people hold on to it for a little while. They get a little portion of what God said, 30 fold, and then they go, okay, well, praise God. That's, that's good enough for me. And they move on their heart and their minds to something else. Or they, they hold on a little bit longer, but yeah, for us to get, for, for them to see the fullness of the manifestation, they're at 60 fold, but for them to see the fullness of it, they know that it's going to take a long time and they go like, you know, well, this is good enough for me. And then they move on and they move on in their hearts and their, in their minds. But Jesus said, there's some people that get a hundred. There's some people that hold on for the long haul. So since this is all about faith, let me talk about faith for a minute. I'm going to give you a real quick two, three minute faith refresher. Uh, Hebrews 11 and 1, the Bible says, now faith is being sure. This is Hebrews 11 and 1, New International Version. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we cannot see. Come on now. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we cannot see. Faith is about being sure. Faith is about being certain. Faith is a confident assurance that God will do what he said he would do. Faith is perceiving as real what you cannot verify with your senses. You have no sense realm evidence. You can't see it, touch it, taste it, smell it. No, it's not something that you validate with this physical body. You are not relating to God. This physical body is your earth suit. You relate to this world with your earth suit. You know, God is a spirit. You don't relate to God with your earth suit. You relate to God with your spirit because God is a spirit, spirit to spirit. So God doesn't have to make sense. That's senses. 
No. Yeah, faith doesn't make sense most of the time. And so, no, God is not sensual. God is spiritual. So faith perceives as real what God said, even when there's no sense realm evidence to support it. Faith is taking God at his word and then providing expressions of your confidence, right? These are corresponding actions that in word and in deed, that's based on what God said. So there's some things I'm going to say. There's some things that I'm going to do based on what God revealed to me about my future. Faith is about being sure. Faith is about being certain. The good ground is sure. The good ground is certain. But the issue comes in is that some people allow their faith to wane with the passage of time. So going back to the 30 and the 60 and the 100. So some people, they are sure and they are certain for a while, (laughs) right? For a while. And maybe they get a portion of the blessing. Maybe they get a little bit of it, right? And so if they get a little little bit of it and they go, man, that's good enough. I've been waiting long enough. I'm going to just move on in my heart and in my mind to something else. That's 34. Or they get a little bit more, but they they know that they're not really having received the whole thing yet. But yeah, they just don't. They, they get tired. They, they don't want to maintain their faith for the long haul. That's 60-fold. But I'm talking about 100-fold return. The 100-fold people are saying, no, I'm going to stand having done all to stand. I, I'm going to receive what God said, and I'm going to say what God said until I see what God said. And I don't care if it takes five hours or five weeks or five months or five years. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to stand on the promises of God and everything God said to me shall come to pass. Now, it may not be easy. God didn't give me, God gave me a glimpse of what it's going to look like in the end. God didn't show me the 127 steps between here and there. God didn't show me that I was going to fail seven times and it was going to be some public embarrassment between now and then. God didn't show me all the things that I was going to have to go through, but I got a glimpse of what it's going to look like on the other side. Glory to God. And I'm standing and I'm going to believe God and I'm not going to give up and I'm not going to cave in and I'm not going to quit and I'm not going to settle for 30-fold. I'm not going to settle for 60-fold because God will allow whatever I allow. God will permit whatever I permit. So if I settle for 30, if I settle for 60, then God will be like, hey, you settled on it. It wasn't my fault. I'm going to get to heaven to only to realize that I missed out on some stuff because I didn't maintain my faith for the long haul. But the devil is a liar and Jesus is the Messiah. You and I, were watching because we're going to believe God and we're going to believe God for the long haul. We're not going to give up. We're not going to cave in. We're not going to quit. We're going to believe God until we see what we saw, say amen to that. Number two, God both initiates and completes. He is the initiator and the completer. And and after the writer of Hebrews gave us the hall of faith, right? You know, there's a hall of fame where there's a hall of faith, Hebrews 11. So after the writer of Hebrews wrote out all this stuff in Hebrews chapter 11 about faith, In Hebrews chapter 12, after he wrote everything about faith in 11, in in Hebrews chapter 12, he said, now, if you want to live by faith, you got to look unto Jesus, who is both the author and the finisher of your faith. That's Hebrews 12 and 2, New King James Version. Now, the Passion Bible of Hebrews 12 and 2 says, we look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectation Onto Jesus, who birthed the faith within us, watch this, and who will lead us forward into our faith's 
perfection. I'm looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of my faith. He started it and he's going to finish it. Paul said it this way in he in uh, Philippians 4 and 2. This is from the Amplified. Uh, well, the King James says, I'm confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in me will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. The Amplified reads, I am convinced and sure of this very thing, that he, God, who began a good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus Christ, right up until the time of his return, developing that good work in you, perfecting it and bringing to it to the full completion of it in you. There's a full completion. Listen, I'm talking a hundredfold. I'm not talking 34. I'm not talking 64. I'm talking a hundredfold. He said, if you maintain your faith, if you believe God, be confident of this very thing that he, God who started it, he's committed to finishing it. God is more committed to you than you're committed to you. Paul said, even when we are faithless, towards God. God is faithful towards us. Glory to God, for he cannot deny himself. When God looks at us, he sees the plans that he made for us from the foundations of the world. I feel like preaching this morning. Come on now. He we, He sees the plans that he made for us from the foundations of the world, and he cannot deny himself. When he looks at you, he's seeing what he planned. Glory to God. And he is more committed to you than you're committed to you. And he's not going to give up on you. And he says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never relax the grip that I have on you. I will never turn my back on you. I am committed to you. I'm committed to the plans. I started it and I'm going to finish it, but please don't walk away from me. Now, if you walk away, I have to allow whatever you allow. If you walk away, I have to permit whatever you permit. I've made you a free moral agent, but please don't give up on me. Don't give up at 0%. Don't give up at 30%. Don't give up at 60%. I want you to see a hundredfold and I will do it. God says, I will bring it to pass. I'm the author and the finisher. I'm the creator and the sustainer. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I will bring it to pass, but I need you to keep on believing. Paul was convinced that what God had started, he's going to finish in our lives. And it's not about us. It's all about him. It's not about me. It's all about him. It's not about what, what we're coming up with. It's everything that God has already come up with from the foundations of the world. That's why Mark 11 and 22, Jesus said, have faith in God. You need to have faith in in God. Now you may be thinking, okay, well, Rick, this is all good stuff. What does it have to do with the parable of the sower? I'm telling you right now in the parable of the sower, it's God who initiates. God is the sower. The, God initiates everything. The sower sows the seed. You know what? The soil doesn't sow seed. The sower sows the seed. The, 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 the sower initiates the contact with the soil. The sower, God goes out of his way to sow his word down in your heart. He gave you the 66 books of the Bible. He sends people like me to speak into your life. And then he releases things through the Holy Spirit. So the sower is the one that knows the conditions. Listen, the sower sets up the conditions for the seed to, to produce. He sows the seed down in your heart and he knows that the power to produce is in the seed. The power to produce, produce is in the word. No word from God is without the power to perform it. So all the soil needs to do is receive the word and then not fight against the process. All the soil needs to do is cooperate with God so he can operate in with and through us. God is the Lord of the harvest and he will see to it that his seed produces. He was, he's the one, he's the author and the finisher. He's the creator and the sustainer. He's the one that's sowing the seed. He's the one ensuring that the seed is going to work and the seed will do what it does. So this puts all the emphasis on God and not on man. In the Old Testament, the, the spotlight was on man. 
And it was about what man could do for God. And it was about man working for God by the sweat of your brow to show you that you're not good enough. The, the law was designed to get man to the end of himself. The law was designed to show man that we're not good enough and that we need a savior. But glory to God, that savior came and his name is Jesus. And so now in the New Testament, the law was ushered in by Moses, but grace and truth was ushered in by Jesus. In the New Testament, the covenant of grace, the emphasis is not on us. The spotlight is not on us. The spotlight is on God. And that is not about what me me and what I can do for God. It's about God and what he's already done for me. It's about the plans that he made for me from the foundations of the world. It's about the fact that he put his grace on me to do things that I could never do on my own. Glory to God. It's about doors that he will open for me that no man can close. Doors that he will close for me that no man can open. The words that he will put in my mouth. He's the, he lives in me. He gives me the words. He performs the work. My life is all about him. It's all about God. It's not about me. How can the soil say, oh wow, look at what I did. You didn't do anything. The sower put the seed down in there and the sower put the power to produce inside the seed and so yes it's the sower that's doing everything when you understand this you, you understand that your life is all about him your life is all about God the Holy Spirit leads you concerning where to go and, and what to say when you get there, and what to do when you get there. The, the, the Holy Spirit is orchestrating things in your life. God is the one that's opening doors for you. If you want to see a hundredfold come to pass, you can't make it happen. God will make it happen in, in the fullness of his timing. All you have to do is continue to believe. Say, I believe God. Yes, you got to have faith in God. Your job is to never give up. Your job is to never cave in. Your job is to never quit, to never allow your heart to shift onto something else until you get the fullness of what God said. Listen, you, once you, you remain in faith, right? And you never shift from what God said. It's only a matter of time before you see what he said. This is the life of faith. And this is how we're called to live. Number three. And finally, as I close for this week, the life of faith is all about confidence in God. I'm going to break down first John chapter five, verses 14 and 15 from the Amplified. I'm going to read it to you first, and then we'll break it down in chunks. You ready? And we'll close out the week with this. The Bible says, and this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness that we have in him. We are sure that if we ask for anything, if we make any request in accordance with his will, in agreement with his own plan, then God listens to us and he hears us. And if since we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with a settled and absolute knowledge that we have right now, granted as a present possession, whatever we requested of him, we have it now. Why? Because we believe is already done. All right, so let me break this down. So let's take a closer look. The first portion says, and this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness that we have in him. See, the confidence is not in us. The confidence is in him. Our boldness doesn't come from us. Our boldness comes from our confidence in him. We know that God is committed to us. We know that God is committed to the plans that he made for us from the foundations of the world. We know that God will never leave us nor forsake us nor give up on us. We know that God is committed. So all we have to do is cooperate so he can operate. The life of faith is about expressing, expressing your confidence in God. Faith is not about something. This is where people get it twisted. Faith is not about, oh, let me just cut this out of a magazine. I, I claim this Rolls Royce in the name of Jesus. Let me put this on my refrigerator. Rolls Royce comes to me. You know, uh, listen, a lot of that is foolishness. I, I, I'm going to just be flat out with you. Like if, if, if God doesn't have no problem giving you stuff, if, if you like Rolls Royces, God can give you 10. I mean, that's not the issue. The cars are not an issue. Money, not an issue. How's not, that's not the issue. The issue is 
what is your life about? Your life is, it needs to be about God, not about you. And so, so your life is about God. And when you know that your confidence is in God and you're expressing your confidence in him, then yes, he will give you desires. He'll tell you what to ask for. And it will be his, it will be good stuff. I mean, he will bless you beyond measure. God gives us all things richly to enjoy, but it has to be birthed in his heart, not in our heart. The life of faith is, is about your confidence in God. It's about being fully persuaded of what God came up with. And so, so the emphasis is not on you. The emphasis is on him. It's all about him. And then the, the text goes on to say, we are sure that if we ask for anything, make any request, watch this, in accordance with his will, in agreement with his own plan, then yes, God listens to us and he hears us. So faith is about being sure. Faith is about being certain, but it's not tied to anything that we came up with in our own heart. It's tied to what God came up with in his heart. So when we ask for things in prayer, watch this, that is birthed from our relationship with him. That is birthed from our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit is going to tell us what to ask for. Right? The Holy Spirit will say, no, you've been asking for this. I can't give you that because that's not yours. <laughs> so, so I already made plans for you from the foundations of the world. I need you to ask for this. And so, the, oh, okay, my bad. So now let me ask for this. So now the Holy Spirit will tell you what to ask for. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That when I ask for anything in accordance with his will, I'm making my request in faith in accordance with his will. I'm asking for the, the things that he, I know he already gave me. He gave it to me from the foundations of the world. Now I can stand in faith. I know that it's already done. The, the text is teaching me that I can pray for things when I know that I know what to pray for. So I'm praying in accordance with his will. I'm praying in accordance with his word. James 4 and 3, James said, you know what? Some people ask and you do not receive. You know why? Because you ask amiss. You're, you're, you're consuming it upon your own lust. James is saying God never signed up to give you whatever you want. God never said I'm your servant and I'm going to give you whatever you want. That would be the tail wagging the dog. God, God is like, no, but I will tell you what I plan from the foundations of the world. I'll tell you what to ask for. And I'm, try, I'm trying to get you some stuff. I'm trying to get something to you. I'm trying to bless you. I'm trying to empower you to be the man, the woman that God, that I called you to be from the foundations of the world. So I will tell you what to ask for. I will tell you. And then when you ask for things in accordance with my will, right? And you're asking in faith and you're tapping into my grace, then yes, you already have it. And I will release it at just the right time. And then finally the text says, and if, since we positively know that God listens to, to us and, and whatever we ask in accordance with his will, then we also already know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have it, that we have it, that we have it as our present possession. What do we have? The request that we made known of him. So faith is always now. Faith is, is now. When I ask for something, God speaks to me in the position, from a position of the eternal now. God will always act, he will always speak like it's now because he's outside of time. He's in eternity. So for him, it's always now. Even though for me, it may not happen for five years or 10 years or 15 years, but for him, it's always now. So faith is now. When I'm asking, I have to believe I receive it when? Now. I have to act like it's already done now. It's only a matter of time because I have to receive it in my heart. Watch this. You have to take possession of it in your heart before you will ever take possession of it in your hands. If you don't have it in your heart, you're never going to see it in your hands. You have, you have to see it. You have to see yourself walking in that thing. You have to see yourself walking in your divine assignment. You have to see yourself, you know, going into that office, doing that job, running that business, whatever God called you to do, you have to see yourself doing it and you have to take possession of it in your heart well before God will allow you to take possession of it in your hands. Because if you, if you haven't seen it in your heart, if you haven't taken possession in your heart, then you're not ready for it in your hands. 
If God gave it to you before your time, then what's supposed to be a blessing is going to be a burden because you can't handle it. So you have to be processed to be able to carry the weight of the anointing associated with the assignment. And so that's why God processes you to where you can receive it in your heart. And once you have it in your heart, it's only a matter of time before you're going to see it in your hands. And the church said, amen. That's enough for today. My God, I felt like preaching. So listen, let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and say this. Say, Father, this is a season of leveling up for me. I thank you, Father, for not just teaching me about your grace, but for pouring out your grace on me every day. You call me by grace from the foundations of the world. You saved me by grace when I was living in sin. And now you use me by grace. Despite my faults, my flaws, and my failures. I am empowered by your grace. My life is not about me. My life is all about you. Which is why I can boldly declare, greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith. In Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word, so please apply it and prosper. Listen, if you're not getting my notes, and you can get my notes for free, go to todaysword.org, click on the subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. I'm releasing you into the weekend on Fridays. I remind you that we have a YouTube channel. Go check that out. Everything that we have online is free. Uh, if you want to partner with us, go to ripministries.org, make a donation. All your donations are tax deductible in the United States, and you're going to be a partaker of the grace that's on our lives. I release you into this weekend. If this message was a blessing to you, do me a favor. Leave me some comments in the chat and then share this message on your social media, on your timeline and with your friends. I love you. God loves you more. It's all about him. Have an amazing weekend. God bless you.